You're listening to Rock Talk, the podcast where a couple of jabronis get to know the movie roles of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm Jordan Rummel, joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Charlie Guile. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Spring is in the air in D.C., so that means one thing. I can smell a Dwayne Johnson movie coming. Mm. Mm. Smells like baby oil and sweat. <laughs> well, I was looking at Facebook and the other day, and exactly a year ago, it popped up that photo of you when you and I went to the Fast 8 premiere. Oh my god. It's been we're on the one year the one year mark? Yeah. Of our brilliant photo on those scooters that were abandoned. All I can say is Fairfax, Virginia hasn't seen anything like that since we rolled through. <laughs> and then we got we got a uh, theater worker to take a photo of us at the Fast and Furious like arcade game. <laughs> yes. Wow. Honestly, what a great evening of entertainment. But that's usually when his movies start to come out, you know? You either get springtime or maybe around Memorial Day. So uh, this episode here where we talk about his new movie, Rampage, I've been waiting for it. And you and I have been counting down the days to this uh, movie pretty much since the beginning of the podcast. Rampage was one of the first Dwayne Johnson movies that was still in production that we referenced. This, I feel like even before... Uh, Baywatch. I think Baywatch was more was like materialized by the time we started. This was always just a a uh, a whisper a whisper in our dreams. I don't know if that's a. I'm not sure if that's the expression, but <laughs> no, it works. A whisper in my dreams. It was definitely a whisper in uh, in both of ours. Uh, but we're joined by guest Brony this week, all the way from Eugene, Oregon. Caleb Holt. Caleb, how's it going? It's going real well. It's still pretty cloudy and rainy in Eugene, as it is until about June. (laughs) Nice. What was the first Dwayne The Rock Johnson experience that you remember having? So I think the first Dwayne The Rock Johnson experience I had was probably playing the N64 wrestling game. Yes, me too. Yes, absolutely. That has to be it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like playing him because he showed a lot of skin and it made me uncomfortable. Mm. But now Actually, you've grown into it, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good. I'm glad to see the transition occurred in all of us. <laughs> uh, Caleb, and so you went to Rampage. You saw it uh, you, you saw it this, like, this past opening weekend. I want to know how full was your theater? Uh, it was not very. <laughs> I, had, I had a couple other people on my row. That was about it. I would say there was order like 10 people in the whole theater. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's fuller than my theater. And I went to the historic like Uptown Theater here in D.C. It has a balcony. It probably seats between four and 500 people. And there were, I counted, six people in the entire theater. <laughs> I was the only person in the balcony. And I was taking notes openly in the theater because nobody would be bothered by my phone screen. Yeah. And I get to tell you what, I had a very similar experience. Um, I arrived uh, at the only theater in New Orleans playing Rampage. Um, I thought there was an 8 p.m. showing. There wasn't. There was only a 9.45 p.m. So I had to purchase my tickets early. And it was a theater where you select your seats. Um, So when I selected them, there was no one else in the theater that had selected (laughs) seats. But by the time that I got to the movie theater, 
there was one other couple that had selected, but they selected in the same row as me. Ooh. Which I thought that's a really bold move. <laughs> yeah, that really is. If I see <laughs> if it's an entire open theater and I see that one other person is sitting in a row, I'm not going to like, were they right next to you? They were three seats away from me. Hmm. I could hear them. I know what they ate. They had Reese's Pieces <laughs> and a popcorn. I feel like protocol is like diagonal, a row either way. Yes. Yeah. It's it's like the, the, the rule of urinals. Yeah. You leave some space. Yeah. Unless you want to take a good look at somebody's junk, right? Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, so all together, guys, we had what, like like 12 people across the we are we are in three vastly different locations you know this was like a pretty good test a good cross-section of the united states yeah but uh as when we get to news um we'll see that our experience is not the experience that the box office reflects so uh let's get into that right now with our news of the week mazel that's fantastic news the only piece of news that really we're going to be talking about is how well Rampage did its opening weekend. It was projected to come in second to uh, the John Krasinski, Jim Halpert horror movie, A Quiet Place. Instead, it made $34.5 million in North America, but also $114 million overseas. So a total of just shy of $150 million in an opening weekend. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I you cannot deny the star power of Dwayne Johnson, especially after the success of Jumanji. Like, this movie was going to make money. It was just a question of how much. But I'm pretty blown away, um, especially after seeing, you know, how empty my theater was and hearing about how empty both of your theaters were. People apparently went to see this movie, just not in uh, Eugene, D.C., or New Orleans. Yeah, clearly. Um, But that is the subject of uh, a brand new Variety article that came out yesterday. That talk, they talked to an expert who says that really Dwayne Johnson is the last vestige of like old school star power where people go to see the new Dwayne Johnson movie. So there are other people out there like us, and apparently it's more common than you might think. Now, Caleb, have you seen, what's your experience with Dwayne Johnson films? Is this someone that draws you to the theater? Like what is, what kind of movies with Dwayne Johnson do you have in your repertoire? I've definitely seen an uptick in my Dwayne Johnson repertoire since I started listening to you guys. Uh, In fact, uh, just last week, I tried to organize a watching of uh, Southland Tales because I was so intrigued by the movie. (laughs) Caleb, I've known you a very long time, and I can say that you would actually probably like that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There's a lot of backstory between behind that. (laughs) No, Caleb likes... No, that's just you like uh, ambiguous movies that you kind of have to work for i feel like yeah i i mean some of the dialogue was so out there and so ridiculous that y'all played i i was like i'm so excited to watch it and check it out so jordan actually went to a comic book store and uh jordan tell them what your experience was at the comic book store so if you've listened to our if you listen to our last week episode uh we talked about how there is actually a southland tales comic prequel like a graphic novel that explains some of the madness that takes place in that movie. So I went to the local comic book store, you know, just perusing. Trying, trying to support to find... your local business. Yeah. And I, I went up to the guy behind the counter and said, excuse me, uh, I am looking for a copy of the Southland Tales prequel comics. Uh, 
first of all, not expecting him to truly know what that was. Uh, second of all, really not knowing what my odds were going to be. When I tell you this man just laughed, <laughs> just straight up laughed in my face. I don't know if I could show my myself back into the local, the local comic hut in New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah, you got laughed out of a comic book store. That's got to be <laughs> that's like some pretty kind impressive, of low. right? Because comic book shops historically are a place of acceptance, and you know you're gonna the weirdos gather at the local comic book shop. So if you don't even meet that requirement, honestly, yeah. podcasting is your only you know bet from this point I, on. I used to think it was a safe space. No, but, but just now I have just you guys in this microphone. That's really. <laughs> It's really it. Well, you, you also have safe Rampage, which I'm so excited to talk about. It is time for us to break into this movie, uh, which means, of course, it's time for Daddy to go to work. Daddy's got to go to work. Today, we're taking a look at the 2018 action-adventure sci-fi Rampage, directed by Brad Payton. Written by Ryan Angle, who, if you are a familiar Rock Talk Pod listener, he is kind of a a rock uh, veteran screenwriter, done a bunch of his films. It stars Dwayne Johnson and Naomi Harris. And, uh, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize it was, is that, is, I don't, don't know how to say her name, but I've seen her in a million things. Malin Ackerman? Am I saying that right? I don't know who that is. I've seen her in a, she was, well, I haven't seen her in a million things. She was in one of the... Uh, uh, National Lampoon, so I don't know if what that really says about me or anything. <laughs> um, but this movie, uh, with a budget of 120 million, Charlie, you already told us it's already made more than that amount, and it's going to keep making money. The plot of Rampage, it's short, it's sweet. Let me just give it to you here. When three different animals become infected with a dangerous pathogen, a primatologist and a geneticist team up to stop them from destroying Chicago. That's just about as deep as it gets, which that, you know, some would argue that's uh, one of the biggest strengths of this movie. Um, but guys, first thoughts on Rampage. It's funny that we went from Southland Tales last week to Rampage this week. They could not be on, they could not be further apart when it comes to, um, you know, cerebral movies Uh you know, Southland Tales, you kind of have to work for it to understand. And uh, Rampage, what you see is what you get. Three big monsters versus Dwayne Johnson versus the city of Chicago. Done. And you know what? It is a fine popcorn movie. Uh, Caleb, what'd you think? Yeah, I almost think that the more you work at the story, the more frustrating it is. Like, the story seems to be holding this movie back. I felt like it really found its rhythm whenever it was just monsters destroying a city and that's when i had the most fun was just like kicking back watching a monkey tear through a building or a (laughs) lizard you know like the third act of this movie when they finally all of them get to chicago that was really when i started to enjoy it you're right because otherwise i'm sitting there on my phone taking notes of like i'm picking up on things in the background that don't make sense Uh, i'm sure we'll get to that but uh i stopped taking notes in the third act because it was just pretty cool (laughs) I completely agree. I think the third act is where this picks up. Um, But one of the things that I was fascinated by was Dwayne Johnson's character. He plays this primatologist named Davis Okoye. Um, And it was kind of in, you know, while it was a Dwayne Johnson role, 
we're very used to in that it's this macho, you know, can solve anything, can fight anything type of a character. He also had this like vulnerability in that, like this was a Dwayne Johnson that couldn't relate to people. And you has this history of like being friends with gorillas rather than humans. Like I thought that was an intriguing backstory. Not that they explored it very much. Right. Uh, they just said that, but it, his character didn't reflect that at all. I mean, he is nothing but charming to every single person he talks to. I mean, enough to wear that one blonde girl that he works with at the beginning of the movie with the uh, pink streaks in her hair. Like, ask him about, like, could you show me about submission or something like that? It was okay. super weird. That was one of the most uncomfortable parts of that entire movie. To yes. <laughs> also, so, is that where did those his, people like, go? Student? Oh yeah, they we were... meet so many of the of his coworker characters, and then they are dropped like twenty minutes into the movie. I mean, I know movies like this are typically written by like a team of like four or five writers, and it really shows uh, in this movie. Like the plot doesn't really matter; it's not even. Um, but the overarching, you know, arc of the movie, I guess, held together enough to enjoy it. One I thing... felt like she was just there to be like, yeah, Dwayne Johnson's a sex symbol, and it's like I don't need to be reminded of that. Right. He's Dwayne Johnson. What You're it reminded right, me of is in Fast Eight after the Little League soccer scene, and the uh, and they look over to like all the soccer moms who are like just gawking at Dwayne Johnson. It almost seems like Dwayne Johnson wants these things in his movies. It's yeah. been a recent development where he like really wants to be a sex symbol, and it honestly makes me a little uncomfortable. Once you get that people sexiest guy around award, you have to keep <laughs> up that reputation, movie after movie, and the pressure, guys is huge i get it especially when they paired him up against naomi harris who was like at both times not a romantic interest and then also a romantic interest like they were doing a lot of this weird uh you know making dwayne johnson seem appealing um again for a character whose whole shtick is that he doesn't understand people so they're they're trying to have their cake and eat it too convince us that he is a isolated loner and also the most suave guy in all of Chicago. So what do we think uh, about the villains of this movie? It's like a brother and sister tag team combo. I definitely recognize the brother. He's in a bunch of things. But to me, I thought they were too little like mustache twirly, uh, no depth to them. I'm not even sure what their end game was. Any thoughts? I could have done without the brother. I thought like she kind of carried it, made it seem evil and, you know, uh, doing her thing and then the brother was there for like comic relief which never really paid off for yeah. me i completely and... agree the brother was aggravating um, yeah also though i don't know was there a weird sexual thing going on between them <laughs> definitely I, I think so too i think so it was like weird incestual undertones that you know we all picked up on so they must have been there otherwise there's no way we're all three weirdos um but what well, we watch too much game of thrones <laughs> seriously so when we talk about how effective these villains were part of that was established in this pretty epic intro scene uh to open up this cold open of this up of this movie uh in space and for me guys i don't know i don't know what your thoughts are but it was one of the coolest ways this movie could have kicked off yeah i mean we don't even see dwayne johnson right off the bat it opens on like a space station which is not where i imagine this movie opening um and i guess they're doing some sort of testing up in space you know the reason why doesn't matter basically what you need to know is that 
the space station's under attack. And there's a giant space rat chasing this lady. It's pretty amazing. I mean, It was I a great to... opener because it yeah. was surprising. And then that rat is actually an Easter egg for the other Rampage games. Wait, oh, what? Really? Yeah, he's the fourth character in like later iterations of Rampage. They add a rat. What? Oh, that's amazing. Hold on. This movie might have to go higher in my rankings just because of that. I was certain we were going to get another rat sighting by the time this movie was up. Um, I have to say, though, this sets up these villains. Like, at this point, 10 minutes into the movie, I was all in. Super villains, some sort of genetic testing on a space base. Uh, They don't care that their employee died. Like, I, I think 10 minutes in... The movie firmly established them as evil, but they kind of lost their menace Like as the movie progressed. I don't know what the deal was. The way that the uh, the girl bad guy dies is she just gets basically tossed up and eaten by George. Like, you, wait, was it George that ate her? It doesn't even matter. But it's like, a- like you would throw like a Skittle up in the air and catch it in your mouth. That's how George ate her, which is exactly what they do in the Rampage game, which I thought was actually kind of cool. Yeah, it made it very satisfying for me, her death at the end of the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah. that's one thing that we haven't touched upon, though. So Davis Okoye, Dwayne Johnson plays this primatologist, and his gorilla that he works with at the zoo is this albino gorilla named George. Uh, they have a very close relationship. Um, and guys, I, I have questions about the, first of all, the intelligence of this gorilla, Uh it seems to understand every word in both American Sign Language and also just, like, spoken English. Yeah, plain English. There are times where they are not signing, and George is picking up on everything they're saying. He's, like, reacting to it. it I, I feel the reason why is that Dwayne Johnson didn't want to, like, learn, you know, ASL completely, like, be fluent in it. Just teach him a few lines, and then just enough to, like, establish that that's how they talk to each other and then move on. And also, like, middle fingers seem to be, like, the big joke of this movie. To me, that seems like a Dwayne Johnson edition. I can, like, I feel like I can pick up on the things that he adds. Like, the (laughs) things that he thinks is funny. And to me, a middle finger is, like, high comedy to old DJ. Well, especially after we found out in our last episode that Dwayne Johnson had a significant role in kind of tweaking the overall tone and the ending of this movie. Like, I think you're absolutely right, like, these must have been like family friendly tweaks that he put in here to make it more lighthearted because I could see this movie, you know, without those, it's a pretty dark story. Oh, I mean, Caleb, what would you guess the um, death toll in Chicago is in the millions? Yeah. I can't believe this movie was rated PG 13. I was (laughs) sure not knowing what the rating was halfway through it. I was like, this is an R. And then I get to the end of the movie and it's PG-13 and I was baffled. They didn't even use their F-bomb. But No. I, they actually cut away. He said like mother and then they cut away. Like they could have left that, that in. That was a cop out retained. by the way. That little moment. We, we deserved it as the audience. Yeah. It's not like Dwayne Johnson's afraid to curse, especially in a PG-13 movie. I mean, we got pain and gain for God's sake from Dwayne Johnson. Okay, guys. So we... We can't go much further without talking about the three insane animals that grow mutated uh, in this movie. And they 
become that way as a result of from the spaceship with the giant rat that we discussed. There is bits and pieces of the genetic testing chemical fall to Earth. Uh, one hits down um, at the the zoo where Dwayne Johnson works, and that is why George grows to be the gigantic monkey that he does. One touches down in the Everglades, affecting um, some sort of alligator, and another one touches down. Is it like Denver? Like I forget. North Dakota. North Dakota. Wyoming. Or Wyoming. That's where it is, yeah. And that affects a wolf. So, guys, we end up getting three versions of these animals, uh, very different from their original forms. But just let's just go step by step. Caleb, right off the bat, what did you think of these animals, and did any of them stick out to you for one reason or another? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I have a couple things uh, from, like, a science point of view that just bothered me about this movie. And- <laughs> well, I don't know if we have enough time for every- <laughs> the amount of scientific yeah yeah go ahead you're probably putting more thought into like the science of this movie than the people <laughs> that were involved in making the movie well we really stress that george is an albino like throughout this movie and yeah. he has blue eyes why if he's an albino just make him have red eyes oh. like i get that it's more family friendly and you know why was he albino i feel like that didn't come into play at all it didn't was it just so that we could like when he was in the cage with the rest of them that would be like oh well that's george i don't I think, know yeah weird. actually yeah it gives us an easy i think that's exactly it that's got it I love my it. my big question is so you have the wolf who mutated and could fly as in addition to being a gigantic wolf and then you had the alligator that had like tusks and it was just giant like bigger than all the other ones and i guess the wolf also had like quills in its tail that it could shoot at helicopters but george just got bigger and funnier yeah Yeah. Yeah. i I didn't understand george's abilities at all was it so that after the movie we wouldn't see him as a monster like we knew that you know this point going forward that everything would be okay because if he was like i mean the wolf i felt like had like rotted flesh on it and stuff and the the alligator was like grotesque as well and George, I guess, was still kind of cute, question mark? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, George kind of looked the most like his in-game avatar. Uh, the lizard alligator thing probably looked the most different, but... I, did, I, I think if they would have done Lizzie, like the video game, I think they would have gotten like a lawsuit from the people who make Godzilla, because it's straight up like a ripoff. I yeah. loved how Lizzie looked. I thought the tusks were a nice touch. This thing was like a giant dinosaur, elephant, snake lizard. I was into it. What I did not like, one bit was the wolf with wings. Didn't understand it. Didn't enjoy its powers. I no. it, it was too unpredictable. I the other ones at least I could you know I kind of had a sense of what they could do. Suddenly the wolf could fly. Suddenly the wolf could shoot arrows out of his tail like all right like we just have a gorilla over here that's just literally doing gorilla things well meanwhile this wolf is flying around chicago (laughs) okay so one of the most unintentionally funny things i've seen in a long time first off this movie exists in a world where there are surveillance cameras everywhere because the uh the bad guys are constantly looking at surveillance footage of everything else going on in the world essentially until the third act they are like in the same room 
Yeah, this the was this time. was like God's eye technology. Yeah, it it reminded me of Charlize Theron in Fast Eight, where she's just in the uh, hell or in the airplane the whole time. But anyway, so they're looking at all this surveillance footage, and they see uh, George and Ralph run by, and they go, "Oh, he's with the wolf!" I was like, <laughs> what? I laughed so hard in the theater and nobody else was laughing. I'm sure I like ruined somebody's experience, but I couldn't help it. It was so unintentionally funny. So that's another strange part of this movie though, is that, you know, only like the final 35 minutes take place kind of in the iconic, like rampage tearing through a city uh, with as the, as the backdrop. Tearing through a Dave and Busters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I saw a commercial yesterday that was like, uh, apparently there's like a brand new Rampage video game at Dave and Buster's. So like legit was product placement. Okay. Okay. So we need to talk about that though, because in, so this was one thing, Charlie, we had discussed after seeing this movie was that in the, the, the office of the main villains, there is a Rampage arcade cabinet set up <laughs> that's, it's visible every single time. They take us to these the bad guy's office. I swear it changes like positions too. But this um, begs- there's two. There's two. <laughs> okay. Well, that setups. makes it even more egregious because why isn't anyone making the connection? Holy crap! What we are doing is exactly like this video game right here. <laughs> right. I couldn't figure it's out like- how there was no parallels being drawn. Like you guys Although- would not believe it. This game tells the future. <laughs> Although honestly, it might be like these people are so cartoonishly evil that it might be that they got inspiration from the video game and were like, "We should make this a reality." Sure, because but they even how did they call know it was their going virus. to land in the Everglades and in uh, Wyoming and right, hit this, George? It's all because of that rat, space rat, really kicked <laughs> the the events of this movie off. Oh man, I just I thought that was ridiculous. So yeah, that it's exactly right. It's positing that in this in the in the universe of this movie. The Rampage video game exists. Also, unrelated, there is a giant monkey, a lizard, and a wolf tearing through a city. That is unacceptable. It also goes further because they name the chemical thing that they make Rampage 19 or something. So they must have been inspired by it and be like, well, this must not, you know, obviously nothing will happen. Also, no one else in the world seems to be making the connection. Like... Rampage exists like beyond just the villains. Like someone out there must be like, "Hey, hey this, uh, this seems I played this on <laughs> Super Nintendo." Yeah. Right. Um, Although they do name the wolf Ralph after his character in, or like that's his name in the video game. So it could be the that, trolls on the internet naming him after that because of the video game. That's true, and that's actually that brings up a good point because that I don't remember this guy's name, but like the CIA agent tells him that. And oh, yeah, I have cowboy. to say, this dude was my favorite person in the movie. He was oh, he's crazy. Great. This is one of the weirdest characters, hands down, in any Dwayne Johnson film I've ever seen. I totally thought that he would like turn out to be a bad guy in the end. He he was just giving off that vibe. But he did give us probably the best line in the entire movie. He says, uh, what does he say? He goes, when science craps the bed, I'm the guy they get to change the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the idea of science pooping. <laughs> I thought they did a really good job with his character because they also introduced that guy who's hunting the wolf 
in the first like act of the movie. And I thought he was going to be the counterpart to Jane, to Dwayne Johnson as sort of like this rough and tumble, badass machine gun guy. And then he dies. And dies immediately. Great. Yeah. I really appreciate how they set up his character and then just killed him off and were willing to do that. So, and I hate to get bogged down in the science of this movie, but the, the way that all three creatures are drawn to Chicago is because of a sonar signal on top of the Sears tower. Yes. I, so, by the way, I fully understood that and believed it. <laughs> but at what point? So, okay, let's just plot these points out on the map. So they're all going to Chicago. One of them is coming from uh, Wyoming. One of them is coming from what? San Diego or someplace in California. Right. Yeah. And then another one's coming from the Everglades, Louisiana. <laughs> Or Florida. So they explain that they're all going essentially in like a straight line straight to Chicago. At no point would Ralph and uh, George ever intersect. So we never should have seen that security footage of them running around together. (laughs) Also, troubling is somehow how this alligator would have made it from Florida to Chicago. (laughs) That's what I wanted to talk about. (laughs) What is the? Did it swim the whole way? I assume it did. Did it have to go through, like, the Erie Canal? Because nobody seemed to notice it. Like Right. This gigantic <laughs> thing, nobody noticed it until it got there. Which I actually think was a huge missed opportunity for this movie. I think that they like definitely should have, like, jaws the alligator. And that, like, we sh- it should not have been in any promotional thing. We shouldn't have seen it until the third act. Like, it really just should have been, like, let's save this for when it would make the most impact. But we already knew everything about it. Because we would have been able, as the audience, to make an educated... Like, we would have been hopeful that something like that would happen. But the surprise would have been beautiful. Um, yeah. But it was kind so of too. spoiled. Um, hold on. I also totally thought that this movie was going to end with a giant Dwayne Johnson. Well, that's really what we were heading <laughs> I towards, totally right? I totally thought that. <laughs> we were heading towards, with the genetic <laughs> mutation, and with I, we were going to get a two-on-two fight at the end. So it basically comes down to George and Dwayne Johnson's character versus this alligator and this wolf. Like, it all signs point to, like, Dwayne Johnson's going to have to get 60 feet tall to fight them. <laughs> but I guess not. And I, I would have been on board. Well, that's that's kind of what this movie needed. It was like more insanity. If they're gonna go for it, go all the way there. Like, don't try to like bog the story down in like this pseudo emotional relationship between The Rock and George. Like, I didn't really care so much about their bond. It didn't really work for me. I agree. I didn't care until we thought George died, and then I cared immensely. I cared. I realized that I did care like deeply when George died. I was getting very sad in the theater. But then they ruined it. They had to go and ruin it and put another stupid like middle finger gag at the end of the movie. Yeah. That's the callback that they decide to cash in on at the end of the movie. That's the level at which this movie is operating. <laughs> um, but that is very clearly uh, Dwayne Johnson's biggest addition in this movie is reading between the lines a little bit it seems like at the end of this movie in a earlier draft george was gonna die saving the day which honestly i think would have been a much more effective and emotional ending yeah because what the hell are they gonna do now they just have a gigantic gorilla walking around (laughs) who can apparently understand english that just murdered hundreds of thousands of people 
Yeah. Oh, how did you sell so that to people. like Chicago? <laughs> the government is going to straight put George down. Well, because we already got a like one of the plot points was they're not going to be able to evacuate Chicago in time. And then they just never do. They never resolve it. Chicago never gets evacuated. They just don't resolve people that plot point. are running around on the streets. <laughs> I'm telling you, upwards of three million people must have died between like the actual Chicago destruction and the uh, paths of destruction to get to Chicago. Also, they kept trying to make like the army sergeant into a bad guy for ordering the mother of all bombs on Chicago. No, but that's if the responsible that... <laughs> thing to do. Yes. Seriously, that dude was literally doing what was best for the American people. <laughs> like, oh, you mean you mean that the right thing isn't to let some random primatologist fight alongside the gorilla? Like, and just and wielding, by the way, wielding like rocket launchers and machine guns. Oh my gosh. So uh, I just, I'm looking at my notes here. So first off, we find out that Dwayne Johnson can fly a helicopter that he steals from the CIA because Mr. Cowboy Guy lets him, which is also irresponsible. Uh, so we find out he can fly because he used to be a Marine or something. Doesn't matter. Anyway, he gets to Chicago, and he is watching as these monsters are swatting helicopters out of the sky. And how high does he continue to fly the helicopter? About 30 feet off the ground, where he has seen multiple people just get straight up murdered doing the exact same thing. He is an idiot. Yeah, I thought we were actually going to get... I thought he was going to get swatted. I was... I mean, or like, I thought we were going to get maybe George is like, like holds his helicopter. We get like face to face, like through the helicopter windshield looking into George's eyes. Um, that was some of the coolest set pieces in this movie came in the air though. We'd got this awesome sequence. I thought of Dwayne Johnson, uh, on a crashing, I guess it was, was that a helicopter also, or was it a plane that crashed earlier in the movie in mid air? So it was the one that George brought down once again, demonstrating his hostility towards humans. Kill that gorilla. Honestly, that's, that would have been the responsible ending to this movie. But I digress, you're right. That was pretty cool. So Dwayne Johnson is obviously a superhero in this movie because he survives that plane crash. And then he also gets shot about 45 minutes from the end of the movie. And it has zero effect. It, the only reason that they put that in is so that we could have like a thought in our head that, oh, he's he might have died. And like two minutes later, he's 100% fine. And it never affects him through the entire rest of the movie. There are no consequences in this movie at all. He gets shot like point blank right in the gut. And five minutes later is orchestrating the death of the main villain in George's mouth. Like it did not affect him in any way. Um, I've seen. Yeah, go ahead. I've seen Reservoir Dogs. I know what happens when you get shot in the belly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what should happen. Oh my gosh. Here's um, one thing that I noticed that uh, really tickled me in this film was uh, we discussed a little bit Dwayne Johnson has this obvious military background. And at one point when he's stealing that helicopter, Charlie, that you talked about him flying, he runs into two soldiers on the ground of this base and he delivers this like monologue about having to kick their butts. He's like, you, I'm going to like punch so hard. You're going to like fly through the air and you, I'm going to choke you out and make you pee yourself in front of the lady over here. And so he proceeds to do what he tells the first person. He punches the one. Did you guys think that when he choked the second guy out, 
we were gonna see like pee or something yes i was really expecting pee it's so weird when this movie decides to show restraint it doesn't show this guy peeing himself they cut away before he drops the f-bomb like but at the same time we see a giant gorilla doing like the sex sign with a finger in his in his uh. fist at the end of the movie. So it, it's all over the place what they think is acceptable, including what I think is the closest thing that Chicago ha- like uh, most accurate depiction to like nine eleven that I've ever seen. Oh geez, yeah. is the destruction and how these buildings are falling in the middle of Chicago. It is like borderline bad taste. Yeah. Yeah, that isn't to say that I didn't love it. <laughs> Somehow Dwayne Johnson missed that bit and stuck in extra monkey sex jokes. <laughs> well, that's also the way it falls is also a callback to Rampage, the video game, because like the buildings, the really tall ones would fall like story by story on top of each other. So, Caleb, like I'm, the... I'm fascinated. You've you've referenced the video game a few times. Can you what can you tell us about the game? Like. Like, I know next to nothing about it other than maybe playing it in the lobby of a pizza hut when I was a little kid. Like, what can you can you give us like a like a little bit of a rundown on what you know about it? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, there's not a whole lot of story as uh, the movie shows. I'm shocked. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you control three or four monsters, depending on the version of the game. And uh, you just try to take down buildings and that one scene where they're flying their helicopter and you're seeing the wolf like jump over cars and eat people and George is doing his thing is probably the closest the movie comes to realizing that, uh, which made it one of the, like that was the payoff in the movie for me was watching that overhead shot. Um, And in the game, notably the monsters are all humans who have morphed somehow from some evil chemical thing. That's what I thought. That was the only thing I knew. I could have definitely seen like George shrinking down and it being Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Like, I needed big Dwayne Johnson in this movie. <laughs> like crank two. Yeah, exactly. All roads lead to Jason Statham and crank. <laughs> oh man. Um, is there anything else? I feel like I've gone through my notes pretty well. What did you think anything of, else? Uh, of just Naomi Harris's character? We didn't really talk about her, but she's pretty, she plays a large role. I just don't think they did a very good job of doing anything with her. Oh, she's just cashing those paychecks. Um, <laughs> I think uh, she's like sleepwalking through this movie, but she's still good in it. That just shows how good she is. Yeah, they didn't yeah. give her much to do. Some her plot line is essentially she worked for this genetic company that created the virus. Uh, I think that her. I think there was something where like her brother died of cancer, but the genetic company like wouldn't help him i'm not i'm not positive i don't really they don't go into it that with any kind her of brother problem. died of cancer and somehow it's the fault of this big corporation yeah i thought that like she had the potential whenever we're first introduced to her uh i thought that she had a really kind of sort of compelling story going where she's like sneaking in and trying to get george before this evil company does and like the fact that she had like left the company and gone rogue and like kind of lied to Dwayne Johnson to get in his good graces set up this really compelling thing that just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, she like, I, I feel like maybe she should have been lying to him through the entire movie until like 
the like towards the end or something but really like she gets busted for it almost immediately and it's like i'm not even sure why you set that up all right that is our discussion of rampage but of course to cap it off we have to give our take on whether or not we'd see a sequel which leads us to our patented franchise viagra test franchise viagra (laughs) so first up is hard work i don't know what you guys are thinking but i think he works reasonably hard there are some stunts that i feel like he may have had to do some running it's we're always weird to see dwayne johnson running uh i feel like he's working hard jordan what do you think yeah you know what um i do think he was working hard i think that he had a lot of love for this project i don't know if it was always successful every step of the way in this movie but i do get the sense that he was kind of going all out so yeah i think he i think he was working hard yeah and uh, he he had an effect on the ending of this movie and apparently he fought for it so you know when you add in some behind the scenes work i think that definitely adds to it so uh if it's okay with you caleb we're gonna go ahead and pass him on the uh, hard work aspect yeah i agree he appeared on my uh, hq trivia app recently so you know working <laughs> we hard all played to this is something app. we didn't talk about yeah jordan actually made it to like jeez question 14 there were only like 500 Whoa. people left. i am so bitter that i didn't win that sweet sweet coin but here's the oh. thing how could they not do any dwayne johnson themed questions i know if it would have been dwayne johnson movie trivia you and i both would have been taking home that sweet, sweet, I think was like $3,500. Yeah, at the end there. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, brutal. Uh, but yeah, he passes the hard work portion of the franchise Viagra test. Now on to charisma. I got to say, I think this movie succeeds only on Dwayne Johnson's charisma. Without it, it would be a pretty god-awful movie. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't know what everyone else in this movie was doing. Um, but if you took their performances and you somehow subtracted Dwayne Johnson, it would be a B-movie with none of the charm. Um, but with Dwayne Johnson, it was a little bit more compelling. So, I I mean, I as strange as his performance was, I do think he was charismatic as well. Yeah, I'm also, I am going to throw out a few negatives and just that I think that uh, his charisma also affected some changes in the script that I don't think always paid off, like the George not dying. Um, but that's sort of like off-screen. His on-screen charisma was fantastic. Right, right. Dwayne Johnson, the actual man, his charisma had a negative impact on this film. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So uh, we'll go ahead and give him a close but full pass on charisma. And physique, honestly, guys, I have a problem with it, and I'm going to explain it now. We did not get one single shirtless scene of Dwayne Johnson in this movie. Wow. And I was watching. That is so true. Uh, Oddly missing from this movie. I can't believe it was like, what? Do you think that like maybe they were still working on his tattoo or something? Because this was about, this was shooting about the time that he redid his right arm tattoo. I, I, I don't understand why. That is really so strange that we didn't get any like, like real bod from Dwayne Johnson here. I don't know what that's about, but as physical as this movie asked him to be, he didn't seem like like he didn't actually seem larger than life, which is what I think they were going for. But I don't know. I didn't get that. Yeah, I mean, his shirt could have used a few more holes in it. Um, <laughs> it's such a grody shirt. But it, I don't know. To me, he 
was huge and jacked like the rock always is um but constantly dwarfed by everything else around him so he didn't seem like mm. a, that you know usually he is the one dwarfing the other characters this time around and it's a weird thing to talk about but like he looked small or at least i think so well when you're standing next to a 10 foot gorilla it's hard to look big yeah but still it seems like an odd choice yeah i just didn't think he had it i don't know to me it was just not not him at his biggest though i think he did i mean his physical stunt work i thought he did a great job on the ground it looked it was to me, reminiscent almost of the Vin Diesel fight. Like I think we were getting a lot of action from Dwayne Johnson, but I didn't see it from I didn't see it reflected in his body. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, if you don't have one shirtless scene, uh, it's gonna be a fail. I mean, he was super <laughs> sweaty the whole time. But for me, I gotta see that bod. I need you to pop that shirt off, Dwayne. I know you listen to this podcast. Um, but. Regardless of that, he passes two out of three. So yeah, I feel like I would probably go see a sequel. I don't know if a sequel's in the works. I don't know how you do a sequel to this movie, but I'm sure it's already being discussed. I would definitely go see a sequel, especially if they just committed to the ridiculousness. Yeah, I feel like it was almost a half measure, this movie. Like, you had the lines like, of course the wolf flies. And one I thought was weird, he I forget exactly what happened, but he goes, well, that sucks. Like, the writers couldn't come up with something better? Yeah. Honestly, and you you take this movie. I want to see a sequel that picks up right where they left off uh, and, and, again, notches it up to a 10. So I actually, I'd be interested. I think they could make a better movie with a sequel. So Yeah, and oh, you're right. And so here's the sequel. The United States is now going after George, saying that he was responsible for all this. So we have to put him down. So really... It's a fugitive movie of Dwayne Johnson and a giant gorilla. I would see that movie. Oh, goodness gracious. Give it to us. I want a Guillermo del Toro (laughs) in the style of Pacific Rim sequel. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Where Dwayne Johnson has to control George by crawling inside of his guts. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) But he goes through the butt, which is right up, which is right in line with the humor of this movie. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> now, if we had to give rankings here, uh, Caleb, in terms of the Dwayne Johnson movies you've seen, where do you have a sense of where this would stack up? Uh, I'm going to put it like like solidly in the middle of the movies that I've seen of Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I would put Rampage like on a tier below Jumanji. I feel like all the things that Jumanji did right this movie kind of went for and didn't get it as well as Jumanji did. Right. I think, I think that's about right. Uh, we're in the seven bucks production stage of his career. So I think Baywatch is at the bottom. Then after that, you have Rampage and then Jumanji at the top. They all are going for a similar thing, but to varying degrees of success. And I think he hit that one right on the head there, Caleb. But when I look at my rankings, ah, uh, Jordan, this is what twenty-three movies we've done. This will be the twenty-third movie that we've uh, talked about here. That's right, and it's picking a place. I, I think that Caleb, you kind of hit it right on the head there. For at least for me, 
Uh, it's definitely above Baywatch. It's definitely below Jumanji. And when I compare it to what else I've got on my list, I think that I'm going to slot this one. Uh, it's going to actually knock out one of my top, one of the movies that I have, you know, really championed on this podcast. Um, but it's going to slide right above the game plan for me. Um, Thank God. <laughs> this is going to become my new number eight uh, Dwayne Johnson movie. Um right below Hercules uh, and right above the game plan. Wow. I'm actually going to slot this one at num- in that number eight as well. Uh, I think one of the things about this podcast is, Jordan, I think you and I agree on too much. Um, but to me, it's going to knock G.I. Joe Retaliation down one peg. I was really going back and forth because I like both of these movies for the same reasons. Uh, but there's more Dwayne Johnson in this one. So this one is my new number eight right behind pain and gain. All right. So now that we have our rankings, guys, any last final thoughts about rampage? Uh, so one little bit of trivia is, uh, when the rock is talking to George in sign language, the way he refers to himself, uh, is actually making the sign for a rock. So he'll say, I'm David. It's Davis. And then he'll be doing rock. (laughs) Oh, I like that's that. pretty good. For a guy who's been trying to sort of leave, you know, that nickname The Rock in the past, he still, you know, he he brings it up from time to time. I can appreciate that. That's uh that's nice. Yeah, I have no more final thoughts besides to say that I actually like this movie more than I thought I would. Um I came away surprised. Yeah, I I really struggle with it at times in theaters, but that third act really redeemed it in my opinion. And I want to use the remainder of my final thought just to say that if they do make a sequel, I hope that we get that space rat. I just need to see it. <laughs> I need to see its story. I would enjoy a prequel about space rat. Whatever it takes, make it happen. More space rat and honestly, put us in that movie. Ugh. I will be. I will get crushed by any falling debris. I will get eaten by George. Anything you want from me, Dwayne, you got it. Show me. The submission. Moves. Yeah, we will debase ourselves for this film. <laughs> Caleb, we want to thank you so much for coming on our show. This has been a ton of fun. Thank you. Wow. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's a dream come true since that's, you know, a dream for about a year or however long you guys have been doing this. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just so glad uh, that we could make it work. Uh, Caleb, thanks so much for your insight, for your video game knowledge. Thanks again for being here. Thank you, as always, for listening and for supporting our show. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, you, the one who's listening to us while folding your laundry. Yeah, you need to leave us a five-star review. Caleb Holt did it, and he got on the show. So who knows what could happen with you. Dreams could come true. And join us next week as we take a look at a topical rock topic of the week on our next mini-episode. Join us next week, jabronis.